Hey guys, I'm Lorena, and thanks for checking out this message today. We're so glad that you're here, and we want to connect with you and your family. So please text River Connect to 97,000, and you can also um, visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and all the upcoming events we have. And lastly, if you want to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount you want to give to 84321, or you can head to our website and click the Give tab at the top of the page. Uh, thanks again for joining us, and we hope that you enjoy today's message. I'll be honest. This year, Thanksgiving snuck up on me, all right? It has. I, uh, my sister, she always comes in uh, into town for Thanksgiving. That's kind of like our new family tradition because my parents have decided to go on a cruise every Thanksgiving. And so uh, my sister doesn't like to be left alone in Florida. And so she comes up and spends Thanksgiving with us. That's kind of been our tradition. And before you know it, right, she's getting here tomorrow. And, I, and so today we're hastily cleaning our house, getting ready, right, getting snacks that she loves in the cupboard and in the fridge, right? Because for me, Thanksgiving snuck up on me this year. Right? For some reason, I didn't really see, seem to see any ads. You know, I didn't really, you know, see the signs, I guess. Maybe they weren't there. But there's one holiday that's coming up that hasn't crept up on me, and that is Black Friday, right? I am prepared for Black Friday. Thanksgiving, right? We don't have anything planned for food yet, but I know what stores I'm hitting for Black Friday, right? Because I've seen the ads for those. They've been everywhere. I feel like every single place I go, it's Black Friday this, Black Friday that, right? Everyone is ready for Black Friday. And it's interesting because over the last, I would say, couple years, it has seemed like People have begun to care more for Black Friday than Thanksgiving, right? Everyone still wants the food because, like, we need an excuse to eat as much food as possible or make a big meal, right? But when it comes to, like, the plans for the family or, like, scheduling things out, it has moved from we have all these Thanksgiving plans to we have this crazy day of shopping where we have to get everything done. We have to get gifts for everyone and all the stuff that we need on top of it. And it's interesting because when I look at Black Friday now compared to what it used to be, I'm like, man, we get way more excited for Black Friday now. But in, back in the day, it used to be way more epic. Come on. Like, you guys got to know, right? Back in the day, it used to be only for, like, the strong, right? Only the, the like, the tough were going to Black Friday. You had to camp out. You had to wait in huge lines. You had to avoid being trampled back in the day, right, to get huge, massive deals, right? Like, I feel like I would come home with, like, a free TV, right, when I went to Black Friday. Now it's, like, a 10% deal at, you know, noon, right? Like, that's when everything opens, right? The deals aren't as good. The times aren't as early. But somehow, Black Friday is bigger than ever. It's more now of an expectation, and you would think, right, I called it a holiday. In my mind, it is a holiday, but it's actually not, right? It's not a national holiday, but in our minds, it has become a national holiday. And I find it so incredibly ironic that we celebrate this idea of Black Friday or that Black Friday has become for so many of us a family event right after the real holiday that's centered around being thankful for the things that we have. 
right? For being thankful for the blessings that we've been given. The, like, not even 12 hours after we sit down for a meal, thinking about the things that we're thankful for, we're going out and we're getting more things. And to me, that is just an incredible representation, an incredible depiction of our humanity's need for stuff, right? We have a need to accumulate more and more and more. We do. That's like kind of who we are. And you don't ever realize how much you have until you like either got to clean stuff out or until you got to move. But then you realize, like, I have a massive hoard collection, whatever you want to call it, of things that I've gathered. And it didn't even really trigger your mind. It didn't even really occur to you until you look back. Because why? That is your nature. Your nature is to accumulate more and more and more to get as much as we can. And so... Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, he has something to say about our need to accumulate more. And how maybe we need to change, shift, move our priorities. But before we jump into that, let's pray together. If you would, bow your heads with me. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, as we dive into your word, I pray that your Holy Spirit would show us how it applies to us. Lord, that you would illuminate pieces of our heart that need to change and conform to your word and what you have to say to us. Lord, I pray just for clarity and understanding this morning. In your precious and holy name, Jesus' name, amen. So, like I said, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 this morning. We've been in Matthew chapter 6 for a while. We're going to be picking up in verse 19, and we're going to be going through uh, verse 24. We're going to be kind of parceling up, but we're not leaving there today. So you can kind of like camp right there, put your finger on your phone. You don't have to to leave that page. We're going to be in Matthew 6 all morning this morning. So if if you haven't been around, right, we've been going through Matthew chapter 6, and we're studying kind of this this section of the Sermon on the Mount. Every year uh, from this like fall to kind of Christmas period, uh, we have been spending uh, our months, our years in this section of Scripture, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus, he kind of sat down, and the 12 disciples, they gathered around him, and then the crowds that had also been gathered, they came in close, and Jesus sat down, and he began to teach what he had for them. And he began to teach, and what he was doing was he was contradicting the things that they had kind of always believed, right? He was taking what they had seen from the Pharisees or the religious leaders of the time, and he was saying, they are doing it wrong. They got it messed up. You've seen it done this way, but in fact, it should be done this way. And he did that with a bunch of different things. He did it with prayer. He's done it with fasting. He's talked about the importance of forgiving, the importance of giving, uh, and, and caring for the poor, and all these different things. And this morning, he is going to continue by talking to them about what their priorities should be, the things that they should prioritize in their lives. And he uses this very clear depiction, this 
very clear image. So follow along with me. We're in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. We're going to be doing 19 through 20 right now. It says this. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And so he's giving this same kind of contradiction. You've seen your religious leaders. You've seen your Pharisees. They are the wealthy. And they love to flaunt that they have all this stuff, right? They have tons of money. They have tons of clothes. They got it together. They got the stuff. You have seen them store stockpiles of all this stuff together. But they have stockpiles on earth and You should be looking to store these things up in heaven. And the real question is, right, when I look at these sections of Scripture, I love to highlight words. My mind goes right to words, right? And so when I see that word treasure, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean by treasure? And my mind, uh, unfortunately, goes immediately to pirates, right? Like, I'm like, oh, you know, we got buried treasures. Jesus is talking about buried treasure and pirates and, you know, all these different things this morning. What does that have to do with anything? Well, uh, hate to break it to you. Jesus isn't talking about pirates, right? He's talking about the things in which we treasure, the things which we prioritize, the things that are precious to us. And actually here, the Greek word that is used for treasure is actually almost identical to the same word he uses for lay up. And so really when you read this, you can almost read it, treasure your treasures on earth, or don't treasure your treasures on earth, and treasure your treasures in heaven. Now, a lot of you are like, I've now heard enough of the word treasure. I don't want to hear it anymore. But truthfully, that's what it means. It's this idea of storing, of stockpiling, of keeping safe. He says, you are striving, are fighting to keep safe the things that you hold value to here on earth. You are trying to accumulate as much of this earthly stuff as possible. But I want to tell you that that is futile. If you try and find the best, you know, safe in the best bank, in the best city in the world, they still will waste away. It still will decay. Even if thieves can't get to it, moth can and rust can and all these different things, it is futile. They are fading away. And really this idea of treasures is more than just about money, right? He includes He includes the idea of moths. Well, moths can eat coins, right? And so he's talking about just stuff, right? Specifically, clothes. That's what Jesus is referencing in that modern time. Because the Pharisees, they had a lot of money, but they also had very fancy garments. And very much like today, clothes were a status symbol. And so what he's saying is, You have to avoid storing up both money and otherwise things on earth. Because they will always be in danger. They will always waste away. 
it in and of itself is vanity. It's in vain because the longer you want to hold it, the more it's going to eventually waste away. But instead, you should secure that which is precious to you in, in a place that is safer than the greatest vault of all time. And that is in heaven. But then the question comes, right, Justin, how do we change the way in which we store our treasures, right? You're talking about how we should change from storing our treasures on earth to saving our treasures or storing our treasure in heaven. That which we prioritize should be stowed away in heaven. Well, here, I'm unfortunately going to have to tell you, you can't hide your nice limited edition shoes in heaven's vault, right? If you try and drop off a briefcase of money to me here at the church on like a Wednesday or Thursday, and you say, hey, put this in my heavenly vault, that won't work, right? I'll still take the briefcase of money, but it won't get to your, to your vault in heaven. I'm sorry to tell you, right? It doesn't work like that, right? You can't invest into heaven's stock market with your earthly investments and money. It doesn't work like that. And so as we look at this idea of switching from treasuring the things on earth or storing up things on earth to storing up things in heaven, what Jesus is really trying to help them understand is we have to change what we treasure. If you want to treasure things in heaven, those things can't be the same things as on earth. They are fundamentally different. If you are going to stop treasuring things or storing things or hiding things away on earth, then you have to look to hiding things away in heaven. And that should tell you maybe you are treasuring the wrong things. Maybe you're looking to hide away the wrong things. Maybe you are prioritizing the wrong things in your life. Right? We, have to, we have to make that shift from focusing on what's stored on earth to focusing on that which can be stored in heaven. We have to shift the treasure of money to that of spiritual capital. We have to shift the treasure of maybe providing for your family physically to the treasure of providing for your family in spiritual ways. We have to shift from the treasure of working to impress others or trying to have that status symbol job to aiming to please the Lord in the way in which we work. To pursue excellence to bring glory to the Lord. Change or shift the treasure of clothing yourselves in fine clothes to putting on the spiritual qualities that help you to look more like Christ and display Christ to those around you. Shift the treasure of a nice house to a place in his house, his heavenly home. You see those things are different, right? You see those priorities look different. 
But we easily want to justify these things, and though we say these things are good, we do not chase after them with the same fervency that we do these things. I'll do whatever it takes to get this, and we'll get to that eventually. When in reality, we are treasuring the wrong thing. We're prioritizing 80, 90, 100 years on earth, if we're lucky, rather than prioritizing an eternity with God and the treasures that come from it. And truthfully, the ultimate treasure is that of the gospel, of the salvation that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ because of his death and resurrection for our sins. But yeah, that's a good thought that I'll think about on Sundays when we get to it. But I won't strive after that. I won't live for that. I won't remind myself of that. I'd love to save up for a new TV on Black Friday. That's the reality. That's what we do. And honestly, it's easy for us to say that we treasure spiritual things, but the real question comes when the rubber meets the road, what do we seek? What do we choose to run after? Yeah, we hope these spiritual things fall in our lap. We hope we get a nugget of spirituality on Sunday or maybe even Wednesday nights if we come to growth communities. But this is the stuff that I'm working for. I'll stay overtime for this. I'll do what it takes to save up. When the choice has to be stay late at work or get your kids to Awana, what do you choose? And I know that that can be an oversimplification at times, but the reality is we, do we prioritize physically or spiritually satisfying the needs of our family? They need both. I'm not saying your family needs to live, you know, in squalor. But what I am saying is, are we really focusing as much on the treasure of a of spiritually providing for our families in the way that we should. Or this week, let's make it a little bit more personal for this week, right? Will you take more time finding the best Black Friday deal or studying the words of Scripture? Ooh, that one hits me in the gut, right? I'm thinking about, you know, like, how can I get to Best Buy and to Walmart, right? But really, Truthfully, that is the case. We have to be focused more on what will last. The treasure that we can treasure away, that we can hide away, that we can store away in heaven. And that is godliness. And truthfully, that's what it is. It comes down to your priorities. What you choose to invest your money, your time, your effort, your thoughts in versus what do you just let happen? That's where you see what you truly treasure, what you truly value. And you may look at me and you say, well, Justin, you know, why can't I just focus on these things now and then focus on the spiritual when it comes later, right? Why, why is it really that important? 
important. Why can't I just move from one to the other? Why can't I prioritize this for a time and then prioritize that? Why is it really that bad? Why would Jesus spend time focusing on the way in which we prioritize the world versus the way we prioritize what is spiritually waiting for us in heaven? And here's the thing. I don't have to answer that question because Jesus does. Continue on with me. Verse 21. Jesus continues this idea. He says this, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, then your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you, is, dark, uh, is darkness, how great is the darkness? What he says here is, what you prioritize will shape what satisfies you. And if you look to things, if you look to the things in your world, if you look to just accumulating more and more and more in the physical, if you look for comfort in stuff, I hate to break it to you, but it won't satisfy You'll always be left wanting. There'll always be something that you have to have. Yeah, you got the, the newest iPhone. The next new one comes out in a year. Okay, you can be satisfied for six months. And you can go that from thing to thing to thing. You want the physical, and you will always be left wanting. But if you want the spiritual, if you want what God has to offer, if you want the treasures that are everlasting, the treasures that will never fade, that will never be out of date, turn to that which is in heaven. And then what he says is, what you prioritize, your actions will follow. If you prioritize stuff, you will always be seeking after stuff. You will always be living and putting in your actions and putting in your work and putting in your effort to that which is ultimately vanity. And you will look at your life and you will be frustrated because as much as you want to find meaning in it, you won't be able to. Because it will fade away. Your actions will be for naught. And so what he says is, let that which is important to you be what your actions can seek after that will be eternal, that will have meaning, that will last. And like I said, when you put these truths into perspective, you start to see our own vanity. You start to see the way in which living for the world is just futile. It just leads you to emptiness and brokenness. But then you may ask the question of, well, Justin, why can't I do both? Right? You know, why can't I, you know, look for some of the treasures in this world and then also pursue the treasures in this world? Like, why can't I, like, do both? Like, my Monday through Wednesday is over here, and then, like, my Thursday through Sunday is over here. I'm going to focus on both. I can work hard here and work hard here, and eventually I will get both things. I can have it all. 
Once again, I don't have to answer that for you. Jesus does. He continues. Verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate... He will, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and stuff. It doesn't work like that. One will have priority. One will get the ultimate sacrifices. One will get the ultimate attention. When the rubber meets the road, you will cave to the needs of that which you want. And what does our humanity, what does our fallenness want? Stuff. And so we have to focus. We have to live focused, intentional lives. We have to look continuously at our lives and say, What are we treasuring? What are the things that we're doing demonstrating about our priorities? What is the way in which we're living prioritizing? Where are we storing up that which is our priority? He says, it's a picture of two masters. And even if you, even if these two masters are in tandem working towards the same thing, there's still dissension. There's still disagreement. You still want to follow, you know, the, the commands of this one and ignore this one. And that's if they're working to the same goals. But when we look at God and money or God and the things of this world, they are juxtaposed. They are moving in opposite directions. They are pointing to different things. This stuff is, is pointing to self-satisfaction and self-gratification and looking to fulfill your own needs. Trying to do it. Trying to be good enough. Trying to display that you have it together. And the truth of Scripture is that we don't. That our actions always fall short. That because of our sin, we always don't make the cut. But over here, God, He points us towards glorification towards salvation, to satisfying us through the blessings which he gives, towards the ways in which he shows up in our lives. I don't know about you, but I would much rather rely on him than try and do it on my own. Now I say that, but it's much easier for me to try and be in control and work it out on my my own. I'm terrible at relying on other people. So we have to look, we have to be intentional, we have to shape our lives to rely on God. If we just continue to to go with the flow, to be apathetic, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. You will end up prioritizing that which is easier, that which is natural to you, which is yourself doing things on your own. We have to actively seek the treasures, the blessings of God. He's placed them before us. He's given us his word. He's given us prayer. He's given us these ways to know him and understanding him and to to receive the blessings 
the treasures which he offers it, we have to run after those things. To seek those things. We have to make them the priority. And live for them. We have to, we have to prioritize the spiritual over the earthly. And so this week, right, as we, or as you hopefully enter into a time of thanksgiving and reflecting on the blessings which you have, and this time of, of reflection, I want to encourage you to reflect on your priorities this week. Every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Take time and reflect and make sure you're saying yes to the right things and no to the right things. And that you are spending time being intentional, intentionally seeking out, intentionally prioritizing the treasures, that which you can store up in heaven. As you spend time with family, as you eat incredible foods, maybe as you work or your shop, reflect on your blessings and remember what your treasure ought to be. Because Jesus lays it out right in front of us. He says, this is what you should treasure. This is where you should place your treasures. Focus on that. Let's pray this morning.